Hello, and welcome to the weekly album anniversary recap show. This is the first show of 2024, and this week on the show, we're going to talk about albums that we celebrated for the week of January 1st through January 7th. I am your host, Caleb, or Caleb Spy, on Twitter and Instagram, and every day on those social media sites, I post what I call album anniversaries, and it's just a celebration of the release date, if we know it, or just a chance to talk about albums that came out and we maybe don't know the release date for. A couple of years ago, I started this tradition. I created a calendar and I started documenting and then celebrating the release dates of some of my favorite albums. Like I say, every week this year, my calendar ballooned. I added every album I own, plus a ton of recommendations. So I started this podcast as a chance to sit down and kind of take a look at the week and maybe talk about some of the albums that I enjoyed most for the week or some of the albums that are celebrating big release dates, something that that ends in a zero or a five. Just a chance to talk a little more in depth about it. And, you know, just chit-chat with myself about music. Uh, I'm, in, I'm starting to think about the possibility of adding some co-host every now and then or some guests or whatever it is. But just a chance for me to, I don't know, kind of get out kind of do a little research and do what I like most about music, which is look into the history of it, listen to some good music, and then just talk about it with myself mostly, which is how I've spent most of my life talking about music, just chatting with myself about it because... You know, nobody wants to hear about Five Iron Frenzy every hour on the hour. I I don't do that to my family, I promise. Maybe sometimes. My kids know an awful lot about Five Iron Frenzy. Well, that intro was off the rails and totally nonsensical. Sometimes on this show we will talk about new music, but right now it's pretty dry. There's not a whole lot of new music coming out. And then we sometimes we'll talk about just other things going on, what I was listening to a lot. Another kind of weird week for me when it comes to music listening. I only worked half the week, and like I've said before, when I'm at work, that's when I listen to the most music. Uh, right now, I, I work from home, and I'm able to just have my headphones on pretty much all day. I just put stuff on over and over again. Sometimes I'll play records that I own. But uh, yeah, that's really when I do a lot of my music listening. When I'm upstairs with the family, I'll have stuff on, but... I don't definitely listen as intently because, you know, there's just other things going on in our house. And right now my kids are trying to get through the audiobook of Harry Potter for the youngest. The older ones have all read it before, but he hasn't and he's totally into it. So they're all listening along with him. So it's pretty fun in our household right now. There's Harry Potter playing almost all the time. Okay, again, I'm totally off the rails. Three minute in and I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, just another thing to talk about, uh, early on in the year here, January through March-ish, there's going to be a lot of album anniversaries that I don't actually know the release date for. Uh, I'll get into a couple of them. I may know that it's in January, or some of these, I have no idea when they were released. But there's not a lot of albums that come out during these these first couple months of the year. There's some here and there, but it's just it's pretty light, especially you get into June and July and August, and, and there are days where I have like 15 on my calendar, and right now there just isn't that. So for albums that I couldn't figure out an al- a release date for, I just threw them on sometimes on the calendar, tried to fill it out, tried to spread it around. Sometimes I succeeded, sometimes I didn't, sometimes that makes sense. Uh, you know, I'll talk about it today. I have two John Cole's Rain uh, albums right away in my calendar, and well, it may have been a mistake because they're kind of back-to-back. Maybe I'll have to look back and try and spread those out a little, but either way, that's kind of how I do the album anniversary uh, setup. I can talk about that for a while because that's been even that's been a process of trying to figure out how to do it, how to do it efficiently, 
But, you know, I don't think anybody wants to listen to a podcast. I, I barely think anybody wants to listen to a podcast for me talking about music. I think they really probably don't want to listen to me talk have a podcast about my Twitter process for posting. That would probably be a real snooze fest. Not that this is like, you know, going to keep you up. I'd say this is a perfect podcast for you if you want to go to bed. Just, you know, put put it on, lay down. I, I promise you, you will be out really, really sleep. If you're an air traffic controller, don't put this on. I don't think we want you uh, listening to my podcast uh, as you're, you know, navigating uh, where planes should be flying and when they should be landing. Let's let's stick to more exciting things if you're going to listen to a podcast while you're doing that job. All right. I am really off the rails tonight, apparently. Let's jump in, and I'm going to talk about one of my favorite artists, and that is Elvis Costello. His 1979 released, uh, release, Armed Forces, was celebrated during this week. Right, so before we even get into some of the history of this album, and that's what I'm trying to kind of shift to do is I want to talk about more of the history of the some of these albums and some of my personal history with some of these albums. I, that's where I want to start is personal history. Elvis Costello is one that I am super, super late on. I think partially my, my dad has told me he doesn't really like Elvis Costello, so it was never really on a lot uh, in, in my house growing up. Yeah, also, you know, I, he was his first album came out a couple years before I was born, but he really has become a uh, favorite of mine. I really, really like Elvis Costello. I like his style, especially on those first albums, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, I was definitely late on Elvis Costello, and I still have, I think I have most of his albums. I don't know if I have them all, but I have a lot of them, and I, I really like him. I really like his kind of... I like him because he's got kind of some punk rock roots, but then he's expanded out and done some other things, which I really like. I like that little bit of variety, even though his, the stuff that's closest to his punk rock roots are my definitely my favorite. I like that he's the producer on the first special al- specials album. I like that he's a little angsty. I like that he can be a little poppy, although he's not super poppy. I, that's the that's probably the one thing. I like his songs that have that flair, but he's not super poppy, I don't think. I like that he gets a mention in High Fidelity, the movie. All sorts of reasons to like Elvis Costello. I like his style. I I, I wish I could pull it off. I, I can't. Um, uh, not thin enough to pull off his style from the late 70s, but it's a good look in my opinion. I just can't do it. I'm not going to be able to wear suit coats uh, just in jeans. It's just not a look that I'm going to be able to pull off. So uh, and I like wearing baseball hats. All right, so this was Elvis, which is uh, not his real name, uh, but this is Elvis Costello's third album, and it's his second with the attractions, and I believe it's the first one where the attractions got included on the cover, the, the actual name. So that was a band, four guys. They've been together for a long, long time. I think it's been a pretty consistent uh, lineup. There's been a couple changes here and there, I think, but I think when they've had changes, I think they actually changed their name because he has a couple albums that are with the something else good podcasting interrupters nope that's a band that's a whole other band he has another band that that he's also done but i think it's some of the same uh, some of the same people uh what's really interesting is this is his third album in two years so he was pumping them out 
That is definitely not the pace that uh, people are putting it on now. And Nick Lowe was the producer on this longtime collaborator with uh, Elvis Costello. He did a number of albums with him. And one of the songs on here on this album is a cover of a Nick Lowe uh, song, I believe. Uh, this album is heavily influenced by the Berlin-era David Bowie, Iggy Pop, the Be- Iggy Pop, the Beatles, and ABBA. Those were all bands that they were listening to as they toured the U.S. the previous year. Maybe not the previous year, just the previous six months. They were kind of really stuck on those, and then there's some of that influence. And, you know, at this point, he is a star. I think they said before he started recording, he the last show they played, one of the last shows they played before he started recording this, there was like 100,000 people there or something. It was some big festival show. So he he is a star, and he's kind of become known as a guy who kind of runs his mouth. He is occasionally a little rude, and I think that's what people liked about him, but it also got him into a lot of trouble after this album. He said some things that uh, were kind of inappropriate, some derogatory terms about, I believe, Ray Charles and another uh, another black artist in America. And he still does think that that's part of the reason he's never been a huge star here in America, is that he made some mistakes and he, he screwed it up for himself in some ways. The Probably the Saint, uh, Saturday Night Live thing doesn't help, where he kind of got kicked off of that show, but interesting career and you know there's even some uh i'll get into it in a bit uh some interesting lyrics on uh on one of these songs in particular that still really stands out and yeah it makes me question the album a little but uh you know it is what it is so uh yeah here's some of my my quick thoughts on the album this is a bit of the history of the album uh, I, I really do love this album. I love his first three albums. They're my favorite three albums by Elvis Costello. Uh, Accidents Will Happen. I think that's the opening track. It's nice and catchy. It's a good little song. Um, in general, this whole album is, you know, it's a little less punk rock, but it still has that punk rock attitude, I believe. And, you know, so he's he's kind of shifting away from He's starting to kind of grow a little as a musician. Again, you, you hear some of those influences and, yeah, Iggy Pop still got a, a punk rock, you know, punk rock roots, but you know, the Beatles and ABBA and and David Bowie, that, that's not punk rock influence at all. Uh, Oliver's Army is a great song, but that is the song that's got some questionable lyrics on it. I'm not gonna say them, but it's an interesting song. I, I think it. I, I don't even know what to make of it, to be totally honest. I think he kind of hates the song at this point. It's a super catchy song, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, I don't think that song holds up very well because of that. Uh, other songs on this album, uh, I think Goon Squad and Green Shirt are really, really underrated songs. She takes all the red, yellow, orange, and green, and she turns them into black and white. But you tease, you flirt, and you shine all the buttons on you. And what's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding is one of my absolute favorite Elvis Costello songs, but again, that is a Nick Lowe cover. That closes out the album. Great, great, great song. Again, talking about it, this is kind of him, you know, growing as a as a musician. It's him expanding a little, refining his sound a little, but also... Uh, there's nothing really as good as those first three albums, in my opinion. Those first three albums are really, really great. Um, this year's model, in particular, is my favorite Elvis Costello album. It gets up in my top 150. 
I don't believe any of his others do. Uh, he, he put out other good albums. Uh, Imperial Bedroom is good. Punch the Clock is good. Spike is good. Truster are all great albums too, but this is, I think those first three albums are really the height of Elvis Costello, in my opinion. So the other, only other album that I wanted to talk about that's celebrating a large anniversary, again, that Elvis Costello album is celebrating 45 years. So the other one I want to talk about is uh, Striper Icon. That is a greatest hits album by Striper that was released in 2014. I'm not going to go into the entire history of Striper. Partially, I just didn't have time this week to do any of that sort of digging. Uh, you know, what I do think is interesting is that they, at this point, this is 2014, so it's 10 years old. They had broken up in, and it, this is a Greatest Hits album. I'm not going to go crazy in depth on a Greatest Hits album. But I did want to mention, it's pretty funny to me that they had broken up in 2001. And I think they had a Greatest Hits album released in 2013, 2014, and 2015, if I was reading it correctly. So I, I don't know what it was. It was like this streak of people releasing greatest hits albums for Striper, which is just you know really, really interesting to me. I don't know if there was a resurgence in... Uh, nostalgia for Christian hair metal of the 80s right around that time but pretty funny to me that they get it all these greatest hits albums start coming out around that time again I, I really don't know why that is uh, but it was interesting to me and you know kind of funny uh, you know again I'm gonna be real brief about this quick thoughts I I'm no striper expert uh, this is a fun collection it works for me it's got a couple of the songs I want to hear if I'm gonna throw on a striper again I'm not huge 80s uh, hair metal guy again Elvis Costello and that sort of stuff is much more up my alley, probably. Uh, but I think it's a good collection to, collection of songs. It'd be really interesting to see what a real diehard Striper fan would think. If they ran this through and said, oh yeah, this is a good collection. It's only like 10. It's not a lot of songs. It'd be really interesting to see what kind of a diehard Striper fan thinks of this collection. So that's it for albums that were celebrating large anniversaries. Again, something ended with a zero or a, a five. Again, the example here. Uh, an album that was 10 years old and an album that was 45 years old. There's still some other albums that that came out that are really interesting that I wanted to talk about, but those were the big ones, and it's going to be like this. There's, it's going to be short. We'll see. You know, I, I, three is the most I ever want to go in-depth on. Not that I went crazy in-depth on that Striper one, but we'll see how this works as we go through January and we try and figure out, you know, what we're going to fill the show with. Three, two, one... So let's talk about a couple of the other albums that came out that we celebrated. You know, I say came out, and I'm just going to keep on using that because it's really hard to say came out or we celebrated on. I, I hope people can, you know, give me a little grace and just saying you know, it's albums that I celebrated this week that I posted about. Some of them actually did come out this week. Others, others of them, I don't know when they came out, and I just kind of threw it on the calendar. Like I've said before, I'll keep on saying that because I don't know why I feel the need to defend that decision. But I wanted to celebrate these albums. That's the whole point of it. Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about two two albums by John Coltrane. Uh, one is Blue, released in 1958, and one is a, a Love Supreme, which was released in 1965. These are both jazz masterpieces. One of them, I believe it's a Love Supreme, was released sometime in January 
1965, and now I'm doubting that. Maybe it was the other one. Maybe it was Blue. But I want to talk about these albums. They're in my collection for a reason. I like having them on my calendar. I don't listen to a ton of jazz, but I do like listening to jazz. There's something that just feels American about it. Uh, You know, um, jazz and baseball feel very American, and I love having it on, especially if I'm... If my head is not feeling good, I get headaches often. Oh, this is real personal information. I do get headaches often. I, jazz often can be something that I really like having on, but I, I really love John Coltrane. I love you know, Miles Davis. I like, like being able to put some of those things on. So these are albums I want on my calendar. don't know the exact release date, so I throw them out. But both worth celebrating. I, not just worth celebrating, worth owning. Uh, th- those are great albums to try and own. They're albums that are definitely on my list of, of albums I'd like to get on vinyl at some point, but... It's probably not going to happen, unfortunately. I just got into the vinyl game too late, but I love having them on my in my in my collection, uh, my digital collection that I have on YouTube Music, and being able to put them on if I if I'm in the mood. And this is just a good day to remember them. So early on in every year, I'm going to put on John Coltrane for the first couple of days of the year and listen to some John Coltrane albums. All right, one that actually did come out January 1st was Post by Jeff Rosenstock. came out in 2018, so it's six years uh, six years old, and it came out on January 1st. What's funny about this album, and I, and I mentioned it in the Twitter post that I put out, is there was no hype to this. He, he didn't. He just kind of released it, which he's done a, a number of times. It's always funny to me when Jeff Rosenstock does this. Just no real warning, just boom, there's the album. So January 1st, 2018, he dropped this album. This is probably my least favorite al- of, of his studio albums just the other ones rank higher for me. Every every one of them, even his first album, We Cool, I think ranks higher than this. He has a a mixtape that uh, that I'd probably put the I definitely would put that one below this. But if his his standard studio albums solo career releases, this is my least favorite probably. And this album rules. It's great. This is still a great album. USA. 910, Beating My Head Against the Wall. All three of those songs are just absolutely great songs. But the album as a whole is really, really good. It is the follow-up to Worry, which is still his best album, in my opinion. Although, uh, his uh, No Dream and even Hell Mode continues to grow on me. Both give it run for its money. But this is my least favorite album by him and is still just absolutely a killer track a killer album you got to be willing to deal with the swearing i know ccm twitter not everybody is but he is he speaks to me that song usa i i can relate to that song like nothing else and that shows a little bit of my uh some of my my leanings toward in life but holy cow i i love jeff rosenstock so yeah this is my least favorite album by him and this album still rules absolutely great so that was uh jeff rosenstock's post which came out in 2018 all right. Uh, it seems like this is the season for poor old Lou. I've talked about them on like three shows, but star studded super step star studded super super step. I think they probably did that on purpose. Came out in 1992. Again, this is another one. I don't know the release date for, but yeah, this is it's all here. Their greatness is visible right off, right from the get go. Um, you know, there, there is some lack of refinement on this as well. I think the, the first couple, the first minute or so of the, uh, the song Peapod just feels a little off, a little weird. I don't know what it is, but it's all here. Great. It's, it's a fun listen. Yes. It's a little raw and they got better and better and better and better, but it's here. Uh, the, the, the rhythm section that is just so perfect. 
Uh, great song construction by Aaron Sprinkle, I think, mostly. And Scott Hunter, I love his vocals. They're interesting. They're unique. He's got you know, solid lyrics. Great stuff. Great stuff by, by poor old Lou. And, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit before I talk about them because I've talked about them a lot on this show. All right. Sticks and Stones by the 77s came out in 1990. These are, again, Titans. are going to talk about two, really three in a row here. Tight, uh, four in a row. Four albums in a row that are kind of Titans of... Christian rock and the sticks and uh, the 77 is definitely of the alternative scene, in my opinion. Uh, this is a fun album. The best thing about this album, I'm totally joking. This is tongue in cheek. The best thing about this album, though, is the cover art. What <laughs> the cover art is uh, just perfect. I, I that stands out. They that is a well, well designed cover art. Just pops, jumps right off the shelves. Uh, great stuff. A super fun listen. Really enjoyed it. I I have not listened to this a ton. Maybe maybe never before. Seventy uh, seven is just a little before my time in when I got into uh, Christian rock and when I really got into music in general, which really was around seventh grade, which uh, was the next year. So uh, you know, I I. I and I think the the people that introduced me just weren't into these guys as much. So I'm I'm I don't have any real uh, 77s albums. Um, that's not true. I may think I have one 77s album in my collection, but I really enjoyed listening to this uh, again. And the that that uh, that cover, Whew, just great. All right, let's talk about an album from 1986 by the Alter Boys. This is Gut Level Music, and again, this was another album that's kind of new to me. Again, mid 80s. I have gone back and listened to a lot of 80s music, uh, I'm not going to lie. I just haven't gone back and listened to a lot of Christian 80s music, and this is one I am absolutely thrilled to go back and check out. Really, really, really good. You can understand why MXPX decided to cover You Found Me, because that song, their cover is good. This this version's even better, and I really like the MXPX version. So uh, just this is a great album, The Altar Boys. Gut level music. Uh, I was reading up a little on this, and this is a they tried to push a little more mainstream, which I think uh, may have upset some people at this t- at the time. But great stuff uh, by them. Uh, another another great uh, album. I'm excited to go check out more by the Alter Boys because again, that's another band that I kind of missed, and uh, I really enjoyed it uh, to to listen to this album. Again, I believe that's one I don't know the actual release date for, so just celebrating it early January. And uh, now I have a good excuse on my calendar to go back and check it out every year if I don't get back to it until then. All right, let's talk about White Hearts. Don't wait for the movie. This is the fourth of these Christian albums that I'm going to talk about, these Christian rock albums. This was released in 1986 as well. And uh, again, you know, with what like Striper I mentioned, I'm not really an 80s hair, hair metal guy. Uh, but I enjoyed this, and yeah, I can enjoy listening to it. It's probably, if I'm going to listen to it, it's more for nostalgia's sake. The only real Whiteheart album, the only two Whiteheart albums that I listened to at all in the 90s was the one with the blue cover and the one with the bagpipes. And you can tell by that mention how big of a Whiteheart fan I am. Again, not really my thing, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed listening to it uh, for the nostalgia's sake alone. All right, let's talk about two Ska Greatest Hits albums that we celebrated this week, or I celebrated those. I keep on saying we, like like people actually are with me on this, but no, I, I did. Uh, Foundation Ska by the Scottalites uh, came out in 1996 and then was reissued in 1997. This is a great Greatest Hits album. Two, It's two CDs, and it's just full of all these great Ska instrument, instrumentals. They were a super group from Jamaica, and they. I think this is a really... 
you know, I know people feel like the ska fatigue, but this is a, these are great instrumental albums. Put them on if you're working just in the background. They're going to make you feel a little happy. They're going to have you tapping your feet. Uh, great, great stuff, in my opinion. I, I like the ska instrumental stuff. Most of these songs are instrumentals. And then the other one is The Greatest and Rarest by The Insiders, which came out in 2001. Uh, once somebody asked me, is this really their greatest and rarest? And I don't actually think it is because I think their best two albums came out after this. But this is a fun collection. The rare stuff is really good. It This is worth it. If you're an Insiders fan, it's absolutely worth it just to get the rare stuff, in my opinion. They got uh, Our Wars on here, which was released as, uh, I think it was the B-side to the single from uh, This Is Paradise, which I think I knew that off the top of my head. Uh, that's really a problem for me. But a lot of the rarest stuff on here, they have Our Wars uh, they have a they have the sailor song. There's like there's a couple really kind of fun ones on here. Uh, so if you're an insiders fan, worth checking out. I think it's hard to find. Oh no, no, it's on streaming. I, I found it on streaming. I found it on YouTube Music. So I, I own it, but uh, this is one that is available on streaming. So totally, totally worth uh, checking out. It's a solid collection. This is one that uh, the the band was not involved at all in choosing these songs either. I heard that this came out through the label. They weren't even really aware of it until it was about to be shipped so uh you know which that that's kind of interesting as, as a whole okay um jabbering on about stuff uh let's talk about desire by bob dylan it came out in 1976 and this one i actually did it did come out in that first week of january uh this is another very solid dylan album one person said it was their favorite dylan album which uh that's really interesting to me uh just it doesn't come up in the greatest uh you know is that number one dylan album very often but super enjoyable album in my opinion uh yes hurricane is the kind of the song that everybody knows from here but number of good songs on this album I, i'm a dylan person i talked early on about my, my dad's not a huge elvis costello fan my dad is a bob dylan nut which did make me a bob dylan uh fan growing up or you know i think it uh, Probably had some of the, some people would say, oh, maybe that maybe you're not a fan, but it did. I, I made me a, a Dylan fan for sure. So uh, great, great album by Bob Dylan, Desire, and uh, another really good cover. I, I like the cover of that album. Uh, good stuff. All right, let's talk about the EP Hectic by Operation Ivy, which came out in 1988. I love Operation Ivy. I'm late to Operation Ivy uh, because they broke up before I was really into the Scott Punk stuff. And yeah, this is great. I think it's like six songs. Uh, all of these songs were included. If you ever go, by, most most people at this point, if you're going to get into Operation Ivy, you're just going to buy, they kind of took everything they had produced and, and put it onto one CD. That's probably the, the best way to approach Operation Ivy. I think that's the one I had. Uh, I do have one of their albums on vinyl now, but uh, this one, these, these six songs are included in that comp. So I don't actually have the hectic, uh, the hectic EP itself. I just have it included in the big. I would call it the big Opera Operation Ivy comp, which I think is just called Operation Ivy. Their first album was called Energy. This is on there, and then there's one other thing on there too. It's like 20 songs or so, and yeah, it's it's really good. It's it's more of them doing their thing. It it's fast. It's ska. It's punk. Healthy Body Wales. Great song. Great, great, great song. So uh, yeah, the hectic by Operation Ivy. And then let's do one more that was new to me, and I probably should have moved this up and included it with the other classic Christian albums. Good job, me, organizing the show. How the West Was Won. This is by Second Chapter of Acts, a band called David and Phil Keggy, I believe. 
It's three artists that combined. I believe this is, uh, so first off, it's two hours. It's over two hours of music. And I believe it's just a bunch of collection of live songs that they did uh, throughout that year, the year before, I believe, when they were touring these three bands together. And yeah, this was, this is not my thing necessarily, but this was super enjoyable. Really, really fun to listen to. Uh, Phil Keggy is a great guitar player. Uh, a lot of people would call him the best guitar player in the Christian music scene. And it shows there's some cool solos on here. Uh, you know, it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting a lot of more like uh, slow acoustic ballads. And it's not. It was it was a good variety of music. You know, it, again, it's not necessarily my thing. Again, you look at the, the top albums from 2023 for me and almost all 15 of them are uh, punk and ska related. But I really enjoyed all two hours of this. So but super worth checking out, in my opinion. And last one I want to talk about is the Solo Christus Solo Christus Project. I'm probably not saying that right, which is kind of embarrassing. This is by Shy Lin. He's a uh, hip-hop artist out of Philadelphia. Came out in 2005. And I still enjoy Shy Lin's style. I really like his... Um, I like his approach to hip-hop. I think it's good. Again, I don't know if I agree with all the theology on this one anymore. Uh, at one point, I definitely did. But this was really... What's interesting to me about this album is this is the start of what is called lyrical theology. He makes mention to it on the album. But that idea that hip-hop is a really good medium to talk about these deep theological things because you just are essentially... You, you've you've got to get a lot of words in there. So I think that is a really interesting approach to hip hop. Obviously, that's not going to, you know, get you a ton of mainstream success, but really interesting. I've always enjoyed his albums for that reason alone. And a lot of those Lamp Mode. I think this is one of the first albums from Lamp Mode, if not the first. So I like that lyrical theology. I like the Lamp Mode. I like his style in general. I was I was going to Bethlehem Baptist at the time this came out. Uh, was I? Yeah, I was. And I definitely connected with that restless reformed movement that I would I would classify in the the early two thousand in the two thousands. This album definitely connected with me, and this this type of music I think is why I kind of got into so much hip hop in the late two thousands, uh, then two thousand tens a little less so. But I had a a, yeah, a spell of years where uh, the Christian hip hop scene was definitely the thing I was most interested in, and I think it was partially because I was part of that restless reformed. Uh, I, that was really resonating with me. So listening to a lot of hymns, listening to a lot of Christian hip hop, um, trying to be a hipster and failing miserably. Uh, this album has flutes, lots of flutes, really good stuff. The other really interesting thing about this is the sermons. It's the, I think it's, this is definitely for me was the first album I heard where they were little sermon bits in the songs. And that's really interesting. I had a buddy of mine who took that even a step further and he produced what are called sermon jams where it was, whole sections of sermons with like hip hop beats in the back. And he made a whole bunch of those and he did that for a couple of years. And it was, those were always very interesting. So uh, shout out to Sermon Jams. And I can't remember, there was a number related to it. It wasn't just Sermon Jams. It was Sermon Jams something. I got, I got a couple of them still left laying around somewhere that I, I could probably find. But there you go. If you haven't heard of that, uh, that's fun times. All right, we're at the 30-minute mark. I'm sorry. This was going to be a short show, and then I got talking about who knows what. So that is the it for everything from the week of January 1st through January 7th. Some really good music. Next week, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna throw out a bunch of things that I'm going to post about. Not all these are going to be on the show, obviously, because... And it would be even longer than my ramblings. But next week, you're going to see posts. If you follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, you're going to see posts from The Beach Boys, Deep Space 5, Starflyer 59, David Bowie, Mars Ill. 
Rich Mullins, DeGarmo and Key, David Crowder, Vampire Weekend, Joyce Manor, Led Zeppelin, Justin McRoberts, The Beatles, Seven Day Jesus, The Arrogant Sons of Bitches. I know I go all the way. I did not mean to put those two together. Seven Day Jesus and, and The Arrogant Sons of Bitches. Uh, that's pretty funny. Fast Feeling, Five Iron Frenzy, The Decemberist, Switchfoot, Neck Deep, Tommy Guerrero, and another one by Elvis Costello. So some of my favorites. Uh, so yeah, that's the week and that's what we're to look forward to next week. If you follow me on social media. So, uh, thanks for joining me. The begin, the music you hear at the beginning and the end of the show is the instrumental version of sing it out at street level by Peg and the rejected, which is just the dingies, uh, ska band, ska punk band from the nineties. This is their version of themselves focused on ska tunes. You should totally check out Peg and the rejected and anything by the dingies and their members. Always interesting, always unique. Go check them out. Thanks for joining me this week. Let me know what you think. What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Uh, What history facts did I mess up? What's Elvis Costello's real name? What was your favorites from this week? You can find me on Twitter at Caleb Spy with no spaces. I'm on Instagram at Caleb Spy with underscores in between Caleb the and Spy. And you can also email me at Caleb the Spy podcast at gmail.com. No spaces or underscores in there. I got that whole email address, Caleb the Spy podcast at gmail.com, all to myself. No one else was fighting for it. Um, If there are albums that should be on my calendar because they are worth celebrating, please let me know. That that Alter Boys one is such a good example. I'm probably not going to go back to that real regularly, but it's on my calendar now, so I guarantee at the beginning of every year, I am going to go back to it now, and that's great. That's what I want out of this whole calendar that I built and what I want out of this podcast. Uh, speaking of the podcast, please subscribe or share the podcast. If you're so inclined, leave a rating or review. I have heard that is the most effective way to spread the word about podcasts, but you know, make your mom listen to the podcast. I think that's the key. Just force your mom to do it. Say, mom, look, there's this jerk I follow on Twitter. You, you should listen to him be a jerk to himself on a podcast. It'll be really worth your time, mom, while you're making you know, lunch or something. So make your mom listen to the podcast. She'll she'll love it. I I guarantee it. Uh, and most of all, uh, I just do want to say thank you if you engage with me on social media at all. Uh, I do put into a lot of time into setting up those daily posts. And, uh, you know, somebody this week said they were not aware of that that Insider's Greatest Hits album, that Greatest and Rarest. And I was thrilled. I was, I was absolutely thrilled to hear them say, I didn't even know this existed. I'm going to go check it out made my day. So I do really appreciate when people engage with me on social media about all my stupid posts uh, about all these uh, crazy old weird albums. And it's just fun to see people engage and and talk about stuff. So thanks again for listening. And uh, yeah, talk to you next week.